Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education. Um, in roughly the time it takes to sit and have a cup of coffee and catch up with a friend, we take some time to talk about items that are of interest to our school community, our community at large, and to help our folks get to know a little bit more about what we do as a school system. So joining me today, I have two outstandingly spectacular guests. Uh, don't laugh there, Jen. Uh, Jennifer Eames, who's a school psychologist for ages zero to five for Del Norte Unified. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks yeah. for having me back. And Debbie West, who works with the Regional Center as a client services manager for the early childhood unit for Humboldt and Del Norte and works specifically with ages zero to six. Thank you. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you so much. All right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit. So we're talking about the littles, right? Um, a lot of people think that school, well, traditionally it started with kindergarten. And then the state said, let's try this transitional kindergarten. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the two of you work with the youngest children in our community. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do because you know i think that a lot of people would go what in the world are they doing with an infant but the but the interventions and the supports you provide are absolutely amazing so either one of you can go ahead and kick it off there so i'll let you describe the early start program deb and then i'll oh, join in thank you <laughs> So um, Early Start is a uh, federal program for um, children at zero to three. So for any child that is not meeting any one of their developmental milestones in communication, their cognitive, motor skills, um, adaptive, or even social emotional, we have a lot of kids that are coming out of what they're calling COVID babies, um, not meeting their social emotional uh, milestones. And so uh, they are giving us a call and uh, we are doing um, intakes and assessments. And so we have our, our psychologist, Miss Jennifer here, <laughs> and uh, we have speech therapists or, or uh, physical therapists um, doing assessments and determining if they have a delay. All they need to do is have a 25% delay in their uh, chronological age. So you say a, a two-year-old, they just have to have be 18 months um, yeah. testing at 18 months and they qualify for our program. So uh, so that's pretty amazing. So Debbie, when you're talking about the, the um, developmental milestones, mm -hmm. right? So if we have parents or grandparents or caregivers that listen to this, is there an easy place that they can go and they can find what those developmental milestones are? They can give Jenneri a call and um, we can set up an appointment. We can go through that with them. They can always do go to the Family Resource Center and do an ASQ. Mm -hmm. This is just a quick tool that somebody at the, the Family Resource Center can go through that with them. Um, or we can kind of just answer questions, do a brief developmental quick checklist and see if they have concerns and if it's a good referral. Yeah, okay. And 
<clears throat> always err on the side. I, I talk to families a lot and I say there is no harm in doing this assessment. It is a play-based assessment. I have so much fun. I have the pleasure of getting to work with the littles. And um, Alicia Beers is a speech therapist that I work with. And we work with little ones. Sometimes just myself will do like the infant. Like Debbie mentioned, it's birth to three. So sometimes there are birth trauma. They may be at the NICU uh, with us, like in Medford is the closest right. one. So we're closely connected. We we monitor their milestones. But if you have any question or you're concerned, please call. It's There is no harm in doing that assessment. We have a great conversation. I do an interview with the parent and we really kind of determine where the child is at and, and it does no harm. <laughs> so Well, so I think the cool thing about this is, and you know what, Debbie, I... I did not realize it was only a 25% delay. And I say only because, you know, we, we work with a lot of families who think, you know, to get this kind of help, to get this kind of support, my child has to be profoundly disabled, mm -hmm. right? That that 25%, while it's a significant threshold, it's not what I would consider um, an overwhelming threshold. No, and it's new this year. It has always been for years and years, a third delay. And so this last year, it was just changed to 25%. And so with early intervention, it's not considered a uh, disability. Right. It's just a delay. And so that's why we want to catch it early so we can put those supports in to help that child uh, catch up and meet those developmental milestones just like their peers are. Right. Well, and I remember as a parent, I don't know if you guys did this or not, but my wife and I would always kind of, you know, you had the book, you know, kinda, mm -hmm. what, what was it? Absolutely. What, what to expect when you're expecting yes. or what some of those books were. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we would always do that. You know, you go to your, you go to your doctor for the wellness visits yes. and, oh, they're at this percentile or that percentile. And you kind of have those conversations. So again, um, there, there's a lot of stuff out there, and you guys are both a wealth of, of resources and information, so folks can give you a call. But what, what does it look like, right? Because if we're talking about these really young kids, um, what, how, do, how are services provided, right? What, what does that look like as you're working with the child and the family? And I know it can be very different based on the situation, but... Every child is different. So let's say um, it's a child that is um, just not not using words yet. Right. So um, they... but. They've gone through the assessment process and they've been determined that they have a 25% delay. Mm -hmm. So then we're going to uh, get together. We're going to develop what's called an Individualized Family Service Plan, an IFSP. And so what we do is we look at what that family's concerns are. Mostly they want to see their, their child start talking, using words, putting words together so they can identify you know, things in their environment, ask questions. Right. And so... We take that and then how are we going to meet those goals? And that is putting in speech therapy or a child development specialist or an infant teacher. Mm -hmm. And so that teacher, child development specialist, speech therapist is going to come to your house. It's all in the natural environment for an hour a week so that they're going to work on speech therapy. And it's like Jen was saying, it's all through play and it's all in the natural environment, which is in your home, your daycare, grandma's house, at the park, wherever. Wherever they are. Wherever mm -hmm. they are. It, yeah. it's, it's in there. It's in your daily routines is how the, ser the service is provided. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, Jen, you, you guys have both mentioned play. 
And it's one of those things where people get a little weirded out sometimes when they think about assessments, they think about plans, they think about all these things, but it's not that. No. It's a very different experience. The families are there. They're engaged in part of the assessment because I tell them this is just a snapshot. It's one hour. They know their child best. But I, I think what I learn and other people learn from like sharing stories. And so I will tell you, because I have the pleasure of being the person for the district that gets to assess the child after they've had early start services. Mm -hmm. So we do one when they're eligible and one when they're getting ready to turn three. And the progress that they make is substantial. You have a child who I just assessed, she was not walking 18 months, not babbling. We got early intervention in there and I just assessed her and she is she doesn't she's not showing any delay. That's great. And that happens often yeah. where you check that in. And then they're often they're in preschool and they're right where they need to be. So earlier the better. Well, so let's talk about that. So we've got the home environment, right? And maybe there is a like you said, Debbie, there's a um, a daycare situation or we were talking just before we started recording Jen about our our early head start that the yes. district runs over at sunset where they take children from birth up to age is it they go to age the, 3 totally mm-hmm. age 3 right 36 months so um and and if you have a child that may qualify for that program that's a great program i love our early head start so the district has one at sunset it, it's phenomenal program serena Evano, she is she's amazing and is her staff and they work on they're monitoring those developmental milestones they're working on communication they're working on social play right. um there's also the other early head start that's phenomenal's north coast children's services right by the college there uh, they also have an early head start program and it is wonderful So again, another resource for families. And if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more formalized, reach out to Debbie or Jen. They can give you a hand with that. So now let's talk a little bit about once you kind of have that movement into preschool, um, are there any major changes? Because when between um, uh, just over two years and three years old, you you do that reassessment, right? You now may be developing another plan. What what does that look like? Because again, they're going into preschool. Isn't isn't preschool where everybody learns for the first time? And and the, we know the answer is no. But but what does that look like? So <clears throat> Debbie and I sit in these meetings all the time. It's a it's a requirement and a transition planning meeting. So we meet with the families at two years six months, and we start talking about all these different things. So. I'm like the preschool Head Start lady from the district that comes in and explores. It tells you about all these options. But uh, part of our district process, because IFSPs only go to age three, I'll do the assessment for IEP, Individualized Education Plan, to see if they're eligible in any one of those categories. So if they are, it could be a speech language impairment. They would get the services. They don't have to be in a preschool or a Head Start. You know, we arrange that. Um, the district runs a specialized preschool program at Mary Peacock School, which we assess for that. And it's an IEP team decision. Regional centers there to support the family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more IEP driven. Students who have more areas of delay or they need that that um, specialized academic instruction to meet their goals. So, but, so I think, Jen, I, I sorry to interrupt, yeah, but I, I think that's that critical transition 
between the IFSP, yes. which is not special education. It's really more supportive. It is helping them meet those milestones. And if the milestones are met by three, then great job looking forward to having you in, in preschool or kindergarten, right? Or transitional kindergarten, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> but uh, um, if there are still those delays. So just as a reminder, how many qualifying um, categories are there for a child who may still be having difficulties in a particular area at the age of three, because if they meet one of those qualifying criteria, then they may qualify for special education, correct? Yes. And so the main ones, there's 13 different categories, but the main ones, we look at educational autism. Mm -hmm. We look at um, other health impairment. If there's a medical condition, mm -hmm. um, we have several children in early start who are medically fragile. They have medical right. um, issues. So we obviously we look at that. We look at... Um, are low incidence. Sometimes we have students who are deaf or blind or orthopedically impaired. Um, speech language impairment. Those are right. kind of the main ones. We're not looking at specific learning disability yet. Right. Not That's, at this age, right. And we're not going to emotional disturbance yet. Those are some of the other categories. Those are the main ones we're looking at. And we heavily emphasize that developmental history to help us plan for over the age of three. But yeah, we provide a really um, fluid ease transition into those IEP individualized education plans, right. special so, education. So I think I, I interrupted when you were talking about kind of mm -hmm. the fact that these services are provided, they can be provided in a classroom, but they can also be provided at home in a variety of other locations. Um, are parents really going to notice any difference in support from, from either the district or regional center? For over the age of three? Yeah. So um, I'll let Debbie take that one because it is different. Over right. the age of three, regional center has different um, qualifications. So under the age of three, it's an individualized family service plan. Right. So the family is very involved. And so what we are doing is we are educating the family. The family is there. They're learning about um, you know, how to work with that child and how to teach that child so they are improving on those developmental milestones. But after the age of three, that child is going to be in school. Right. And so they're going to be working with the teacher. So the, the family, it's going to be individualized for that child, not so much the family's not going to be involved. But then, you know, they're going to qualify for regional center services mm -hmm. too, or they can if they have an intellectual disability, autism, cerebral palsy, or severe epilepsy. And so that's an individualized program plan as well. And that is based on home services there. Okay. So they can get that for home and then they have a school program. But we also have a provisional program now that serves children three to five. So if they don't meet that criteria, but they have some significant delays in communication, learning, adaptive. adaptive and motor, mm -hmm. then they could stay for a couple more years with regional okay. center yeah. services and get some extra support. Help and support. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's the, it, after the age of three, it becomes more individualized for the child, not so much as a family plan. Right. It's very it's very specific to the particular um, child, to the assessment results, right? And that's how those IEPs, uh, those individualized education plans are developed. Um, there are a lot of different components that go into it. Uh, families are still a key, key, key part in the development of those, along with the um, uh, the teacher. And ultimately, they result in um, identified goals, targeted outcomes, 
and services, right? And, and what that service looks like. Now, um, there's even a little bit, I think a little bit more on that continuum because if we talk about a, a child from birth to three, we assume most of the time they're going to be in, in the home environment. From three to four, we've always just kind of assumed preschool. Mm -hmm. But there's a big shift in that now, right? And that is something called transitional kindergarten. So, or we call it TK all the time. So transitional kindergarten or TK has actually been around for a long time, 10 years or so. Oh my gosh, I remember when it came out. That makes me feel old. All right. <laughs> so so um, TK came out, and, and for those of you who may not be familiar, TK is the first year of a two-year kindergarten program, but it's not just the first half of kindergarten. It's, it's a much more targeted, developmentally appropriate program that brings kids into the school environment. Um, and typically, well, typically when we were young, uh, you had to be five before you started kindergarten. Um, when TK first came on, when well, when it first kind of popped on the scene, you had to turn five between September 2nd and December 2nd. Um, but that's not the case now. It's it's changing dramatically. Yeah, every year. So this last year, and the goal is to make it universal TK. That's the, that's the state's goal. So this year, instead of that cutoff being December 8th, they moved it to February 2nd. You said December 2nd, sorry, February 2nd. <laughs> and then next year, it'll be April 2nd. So children that turn five between September 2nd and April 2nd, they're eligible for TK. Right. It's not, that does not mean they have to go to TK. It's not a requirement. It's not a requirement, but they're eligible for TK. Well, and I think that's a, that's a critical piece because, so from, from your perspectives, if you've got a child um, who qualifies for the IFSP, they get services for three years, they move into preschool with an IEP, and now a parent's going, should they stay in preschool? Should they go to TK? What what sorts of things would you walk them through to help with that thought process? So <clears throat> it's funny you say that because I'm having that conversation right now because with parents, they seem so little to be moving to TK, right? right. They've had one year of preschool. They're coming in. They're, they're receiving and, services and on an IEP. they're still four. They're still little. And so um, we have, I would say, five kids that are going to fall into that range, and it's all individualized. But... Some of the things we're looking at is, um, are they really benefiting from that structured preschool model? It's right. still a lot of play. TK has play, but it's getting you ready for kindergarten. So it's in between preschool. It's more structured. There's desks. It's in a classroom versus, you know, preschool is still very much um, learning to learn, learning to play with your friends, learning you know, communication or, you know, IEP goals. Kind of that socialization, yeah. social skills. So yeah, so the question is, do, would they benefit from another year of that structured play-based model, or are they ready for that more classroom-like experience? And that's really the conversations we're having now. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because a lot of times when I explain TK to parents, <clears throat> I say, you know, preschool is really 
learning to get along with people. Mm -hmm. TK is really learning how to be a student before you're required to be a student in kindergarten. Right. And, and which also sounds harsh because you're going to be a student in kindergarten. (laughs) They're five, but, but, um, so it is an interesting conversation, Mm -hmm. right. About what, what fits them the best. And especially like Debbie mentioned, we see a lot of kiddos through COVID that they didn't, they weren't around other kids. They were just at home. There's still a lot of families that they limit social interaction. And so preschool is really good. That's a good conversation. Two years of preschool might be a better option to get them ready for kindergarten versus the preschool and TK year. It's very individualized. I know myself or anybody is happy. This is a big question and rightfully so. It's a big decision when you're thinking about it. So you're not alone. Please reach out. Like we're happy to help them kind of go through the different options. So let's talk a little bit. You know, we've there, there's the, there's the more, I'll I'll say formalized, you know, mechanisms for engaging kids, um, children as, as they, you know, from birth to three, like we said, that's going to be that home environment, that kind of outside um, then you've got three to three to four, maybe, uh, which is preschool. And then once you hit four or five, it's transitional kindergarten or kindergarten. Um, but Debbie, you brought up a good point. You know, um, COVID has thrown a lot of things out the window. So for a family who has a little one, um, our, our community has a lot of different options to get those children really engaged and interacting with other with other children so that they may be able to address some of those delays so that they can um, go out and start that socialization before they go to preschool. So um, share some of the the resources that you're familiar with that that are here in the county that folks can go to either free or virtually free. So our Family Resource Center, the Redwoods, has a number of little groups. They have play groups, um, I can't remember, little dancing and oh, music happy groups. Toes. Happy Toes. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was still called that or not. <laughs> um, that is just amazing for the little ones to get out. Um, the Child Care Council also has, they have their toy lending library and, and little groups to get together mm-hmm. as well. As well as our, our library has different events for the kids to get together. So lots of opportunities for kids to get out and socialize. Yeah. Well, and you know, so I, I think if, if people are really looking for something else, there, there are those play groups. I, you know, um, uh, one of the churches here in town runs a mops program, mothers of preschoolers. Um, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. And again, most of them are free or almost free. So I, all free. So I'd really encourage folks to, to reach out. Um, so believe it or not, we are not only at time, we're a little past our time. Um, any, any last thoughts or words of advice for a family who, who has a little one? Just to reach out and give us a call. Um, Deb, and the ladies at Regional Center are always available to have a conversation, as in myself, happy to give my office number. If you have a question, just ask, like we're here. Yeah, don't wait. You don't have to have a doctor make a referral. Anybody can make a referral. Just pick up the phone and give Jen or I a call. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Um, appreciate the time that you guys had to come in. Uh, if you have any other questions about um early childhood interventions or any of these programs, you can always give the district office a call at um, 
What's the number? 464-6141. I lost it there for a minute. Um, you can also uh, give Regional Center a call. Uh, 464-7488. You knew yours faster than I knew mine. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> And Jen, is there a, a line or an email that they could reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm my office is at Mary Peacock School, 464-0301. And my email address is J-E-A-M-E-S, so J-E-A-M-E-S, at dnusd.org. Great. And we were joking just before we started this, Debbie. I don't know if you were in. Remember the old Cal Worthington commercials, mm-hmm. the car dealership? Yes, so at the Jen just said, if you can remember that little jingle, if your child needs help, just call Jen. <laughs> That's it. I'm here. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate it again. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to seeing a great group of kids this next school year. Yes. And registration for TK and Kinder is coming out this Wednesday, I believe. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. On Good February 1st. Yeah. So... Have a great one. And Thank you so much. We'll see you around. Thanks for having us. All right.